Welcome, welcome, and welcome, my friends, to another exciting edition of the Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host of the official podcast of the best fantasy football league in the world. I'm so glad that you tuned in today, decided to press play. That was a brilliant decision that you had because we have a phenomenal episode. We, of course, are going to have an episode MVP. We'll do a little roll call. I typically think that needs to be announced. Um, Not exciting enough. Uh, We're going to get into some news. We have a trade to go over. We have a week nine review. We're going to go over an old trade. We're going to come up with a random stat and we're going to do all of that in here the fourth straight week in a row where we have an episode. This is by far the record. I'm now at the point where I'm I'm thinking that I, you know, now it's it's not like, oh, should I or shouldn't I? It's like, oh, shoot, if I don't, then I'm going to, like, stop my streak. So now I'm motivated to keep the streak going, fourth week in a row, and you know what? Let's just get right on into it. Oh, wait, nope, that's right. There is one bit of house cleaning. Uh, Spotify is telling me, that or Anchor is telling me that Spotify, which I already told them they can't air my episodes, um, but that Spotify is going to be including a question and answer portion for the episodes, and that if you don't put one in there, then they're gonna have they're gonna have a default one in there, and so. I put one in there as dot, dot, dot. So if you see something that says dot, 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 send your, send your reply. Just know that's because I am not participating in this uh, nonsense that Spotify is trying to get me and force me to do. Take that, Spotify. You don't control me. I control me. So let's get to that roll call that was referenced a second ago. As I am once again uh, alone because I am in the dance parking lot. Now, the interesting um, little behind the scenes info on this episode is I am starting the recording on Monday because I'm just going to try to sneak in a few segments knowing that I'll probably end up doing the majority of it on Wednesday. But the roll call will probably be the same because I'll most likely just be alone in this truck in the parking lot. Um but I think I'm utilizing my time very well as uh, I'm efficiently uh, re- recording a podcast while everyone else is just playing on their phone. I'm, I'm, I'm producing art here. And with that, let's go ahead and get to our episode MVP. The episode MVP is going to be able to go to someone who was involved in a trade this week because unlike last episode, this week we do have a trade to go over. Well, again, that's not exactly true. Last week we had two trades to go over. One was the accidental trade, and then the second one was the making up of the accidental trade, which got Rick Pierce the episode MVP for last episode. Previous episode MVPs have involved either Adam or someone Adam traded with because there was a stretch where Adam would have gotten the episode MVP like five times in a row. And guess what? He is eligible for it today because we also had another Adam trade in this episode. This time it is with Wyland and I am going to give the episode MVP to Wyland. Now, we're going to talk about exactly why in a second. I do want to make sure I acknowledge Adam doing his 
absolutely doing his part in making sure that we have trades uh, at a time in LSC where apparently everyone else is still deciding what they want to do. Adam has made his decision. And actually, that's probably going to end up benefiting him as he is um, shitting while other people might have to figure out if they want to get off the pot or whatever I was trying to do with that analogy. Anyway, but the reason why Wyland gets the MVP is because he followed my glorious handcuff strategy. Let's talk about that right now as we get into the news. And for this segment of the news, I did consider going through our waiver wire uh, pickups as you know, we did have a lot of transactions, and while we have a trade, we only have one trade, and there's not a ton of analysis that's going to go with it. Um, but I went through, I looked at them, and look, any waiver wire addition can be fantastic. Uh, many times we have no idea which ones are or not going to play out. But to be honest, as I was looking through them, I just didn't really see a whole lot of storylines or narratives I can really run with. And so if you're interested in finding out about the transactions over the last week specifically, go ahead and take a look. But we had a couple random uh, quarterbacks get picked up. We had a bunch of IDPs and um, some speculative ads. Uh, I think Pierce grabbed a Detroit tight end and uh, I think Wolfett grabbed um, an Atlanta wide receiver. So some, some speculative ads, uh, nothing incredibly exciting. We would have gone through them, but we do have a trade, which I'm very excited about as I love all trades. And this trade, like I said, was between Adam and Wylan and Adam continues his trend of just stacking draft picks as he picked up two 23 third rounders. Now remember 23 is supposed to be a stacked draft. So that 20, those 23 thirds could be especially where they are. Let's see whose thirds are they? Rick Wyland's, which that, which literally could be the 301 or the 312 or anything in between and BTs, which I think, I think the same thing could probably be said about BTs. Um, someone is going to accidentally um, or purposefully get into the first tournament that could win the actual playoffs. Um, and so who knows? Maybe that's BT. Maybe it's Wyland. Um, Adam's hoping it's one of them because he would love that third to be a 301 because supposedly that would be like the equivalent of a late second in another year. Who did Wyland get? In exchange for those two thirds, he got Deion Jackson. This trade was made, um, I don't remember exact moment it was made. Um, I Let's see, do I have it in the little screenshot I took? No, I don't, sorry. Um, but what I do know is that Jonathan Taylor is uh, a concern right now for every Taylor owner. Um, as, as the form is well aware, I picked him number one overall in our uh, fraternity redraft, uh, mostly with the idea of if Rick beats me this next year, it won't be because of Jonathan Taylor. And so, plus also he was a consensus 101. I mean, I, I enjoy that, that narrative of I'm, you know, you, you, focusing on LOC and, and other leagues, but the, the truth of the matter is I set the lineup. I gave myself the 101. He was the consensus 101. 
But what everyone who's been paying attention and especially the Taylor owners know is that you just have no idea what Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to do this year. Is he even going to get back and look like himself? If he does get back, are the Colts even going to be able to move the ball at all since they are firing their head coach, not putting in a relatively competent uh, quarterback in Matt Ryan? I know... Matt Ryan had some pretty abysmal numbers, but he also threw for like 345 yards the week before uh, he was benched. And so uh, Deion Jackson is a night. He looked really good a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago when he filled in for Taylor. He did not look that good this last weekend or yesterday or depending on when you're listening is this last Sunday. Uh, But what I will say is, I really think this is a smart move by Rick uh, uh, to protect his Taylor investment. And we all know how much uh, I love my uh, handcuffs. And this is exactly why. Why? Because now while it's taking up two roster spots, you can put that combo in as a starting spot. So your RB1 is always going to be full. You're hoping it's Taylor, but if not, and he's out, and you have Deion Jackson. The other thing you don't have to worry about with Jackson and Taylor is this is not a situation where where it's not a situation. Sorry, I got distracted by someone honking. It's not a situation where Taylor is worried about Jackson taking touches from him. It's a pure handcuff. Either Taylor's going and Jackson's not going to be involved other than when Taylor wants him to be involved. Or Taylor's out and you're going to run with Jackson. So I like it. I think it's smart um, on both sides. I think the overwhelming majority of all of our trades recently, especially, I think are really smart for both sides. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to seeing over these next few weeks um, as we approach the trade deadline and as people start to make some more decisions about their roster for this year going into the playoffs and going forward. I do not think we are done with trades by any stretch at all. All right. So that was a little extended uh, news segment considering that we're just the one trade. Apparently I had more to talk about with that topic than I realized, but that's fantastic news. Let's go ahead and move on to the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes. Oh, I totally butchered it. Oh, I had already completely just moved on in my brain and forgot that I actually have to focus because it is the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. And, oh, we know I'm not going to redo that whole segment for that. But I will definitely, but I need you to know that I am currently hanging my head in shame. This episode of The Doghouse brought to you by children's activities throughout America, bringing you to the great places like Riverbank, California, or Carson City, Nevada, or even Tucson, Arizona, places you would never go visit on your own accord unless you had an adolescent in some type of sport or competition activity. So if you want to see parts of America unknown to most people in America, then enroll your children right now into some type of competitive activity. Again, leave champions. Doghouse brought to you by children's activities. Oh, 
Oh, that is right. You recognize that voice. Guess who we have joining us today? Catbox in the house. That is right. The cat box is in the house, live from the cat box. Needham is with us, and good timing, Needham. I already got started a little early, but you got here just on time as we are now ready to get into a week 10 review. I think we're on week 10. I already forgot what week we were on. Maybe it was week nine. Oh, geez, Louise, I really forget which week we were on. Uh, it was week nine. Let's try that again. Week nine review. <laughs> I was thinking week 10 because I've already was thinking about setting lineups and waiver wire additions for this week. All right, week nine review. We always start in the standings looking at number one ranked team, also known as first place. That would be me. And while I'm going up against you, Needham, in sixth place, you came into week nine with the second highest points. And so now as we take a look at what actually happened in our matchup, as he says while slightly stalling, because uh, really not prepared, um, we have, oh, that's right, I had the highest score on the week with a victory of 218 to 134. So Needham, before we break down the uh, finer points of this matchup, I'm just curious, overall, what, was, what, what are your thoughts or um, your, your takeaways from our matchup this week? No, that week did not go as planned. I thought for sure I was going to get about a good 160 points. Definitely undershot that by about 30. Did not see you going for 218 or 220 or whatever brutal score you just bumped me with. Um, yeah, wasn't the best showing for me. Definitely a good showing by you. Pretty bummed. Would like to have had better from the week. Oh, I feel you on that wishing for more. Maybe not necessarily for me in this league, uh, but you got to remember, as I've been saying on the forum, I'm getting just destroyed in multiple leagues. There's only one other league that I'm even doing remotely okay in, and I'm basically doing mediocre in that one at best. Uh, the other three, I'm just getting destroyed. So I've very, very, every week I've had the feeling where I, I've, Wish I could have gotten more out of these players. Um, but not in this league necessarily, and definitely not in this week, and especially not from the MVP of this matchup, which is Joe Mixon. 59.6 on 153 yards on the ground, in addition to 58 yards in the air, and wait for it, five touchdowns on the day setting a Bengals record not tying the NFL record of six touchdowns ask Booby all about that one uh, but incredibly impressive outing from Joe Mixon obvious the obvious MVP of um, the matchup the MVP of the overall week as well if we had that maybe that's a new segment coming up uh, for the bust you, that's got to be Taysom Hill. He threw for 13 yards and he ran for six. That was only good for one point. Bust you, Taysom Hill. Just the quintessential boom or bust player. And today was one of those bust weeks. So bust you. Let's see. Who is my sneaky start? That would be McCole Hardman, who got 20 points 
on six catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. McCullough had a few good weeks in a row, and I did not have many options to run with, but uh, not only was I happy to be able to put him in there, uh, but I sure loved watching him uh, produce for me, and I look forward to um, him producing for me this next week as well, as now I have Mixon coming up on a bye. All right, let's see. Who is your put-me-in coach? That would be Justin Fields. Well, of course it would be. He scored 49 points on your bench. Let's see, who is your who is your starting? Oh, you had Burrow. You got to start Burrow, of course, right? Uh, Burrow only got you 19 because Justin Fields was the QB1 on the week. Uh, I think he was the QB1. He's got to have been the QB1. How did he get to 49 points? Well, he uh, he threw three touchdowns. He only threw for 123 yards. But guess what? He ran for 178 yards, including a long touchdown and another touchdown of the traditional variety. Uh, that was good enough for 49 points. And Justin Fields, I was saying it on the forum, I think he is blossoming right in front of our eyes. I think these last few weeks, he has really shown a lot. Um, I think Cole Komet all of a sudden is now starting to produce in the way that we were thinking he should have um, as, as the talking heads were, were uh, discussing him this offseason. I think this spells good news for Darnell Mooney and Claypool too, for that matter. The other thing, Fields was a rookie last year, but then he also has a new offense and a new coach this year. And halfway through the season, he's really starting to get it. I think his timeline is perfect. Um, I remember when the Niners didn't draft Fields. And, and here's the thing, you know, will we end up wishing we had Fields over Lance? And when it's all said and done, I mean, who knows? There's no way of knowing right now. We haven't seen Trey Lance. But even if Trey Lance ends up being better than Justin Fields, it's not going to be on his first day. It might take the same year and a half that we've watched Fields take. Um, hopefully not that long, uh, but it might for us Niner fans. Anyway, um, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. It was second place versus fourth place. Uh, Austin was coming in at second place. Booby was coming in at fourth place, and it was a really good matchup. Matter of fact, it was our closest and our best matchup as Austin scored 149 points and Booby scored 144. That's right. That score of 144 for Booby made him the third lump of the week. The highest scoring losing effort Used to be called Mr. Unlucky until it was appropriately rebranded to Turd Lump of the Week. So, uh, congrats, Booby, right? I don't know. That's not really something you want to be congratulated for. How did Austin beat him? He beat him by four and a half points. Who was his MVP? Well, I think that has to be Cooper Cup because he got 33 points on 127 yards on eight catches, including a long touchdown. Good for 33 yards and MVP of this match. You know, look at that Stafford. You'd think with with cups with cups scoring 33 points, you would think that Stafford must have had a pretty good game. But it looks like um, all of his points were based off of Cooper Cups. Oh my gosh, almost literally, Cooper Cup accounted for 127 out of Stafford's 165 yards that he threw for. Wow. 
talk. I mean, can you imagine what the Rams would look like if Cooper Cup went down? I'd say, God forbid, but I think that would actually be nice to see. All right, who is the bust you? The bust you is going to go to Eno Benjamin, and I feel you, booby. He busted for me in another league as well. He only got 12 carries. Hell, thankfully, he caught one pass for 15 yards because otherwise he would have only had a 1.2-point uh, performance, but he did get all the way up to 3.7, which is good enough for a bust you. Um, James Connors coming back. I think our days with Eno Benjamin um, are probably numbered, but hey, it was fun while it lasted, right, baby? All right, who is your sneaky start? Uh, ooh, Algier got 16. I'm liking that so far. Christian Kirk got 22. Um, let's see. Is Algier, is Christian Kirk sneaky? Uh, I'm going to give it to Algier. Let's give it to the rookie. And you know, he, he came up one yard short of uh, a three-point three bonus there. Or actually, it would have been a one-and-a-half-point bonus because he got 99 yards on the ground, including having one long run. Um, and he also caught a pass uh, good for 24 yards. So 123 total yards. So he did get the point-and-a-half bonus for getting 100 in, uh, combined yards. But that is your sneaky start. Well done, Algier. Good job starting him, Austin. 16 points, and you needed all 16 of those. All right. Put me in, coach. Let's take a look at Booby's bench. Who do we got? Oh, I'm not seeing a ton of points on that bench. Oh, man, I'm not seeing much of any points on that bench. All right. Um, I guess you could look at the quarterbacks, but they only got 12 and 15. So it's going to go to Hunter Henry because he caught four passes for 50 yards. That's nine points, and that's your highest scoring point on the bench. Uh, so you were efficient, Booby. You didn't... You didn't um, you didn't mess up your sit and start decisions. I mean, I guess Eno Benjamin could have been replaced by, you know, Derek Hen- Darnell Henderson and giving you two extra points, but it still wouldn't have been enough. Um, so that is the end of that matchup. Tough loss for Booby. Uh, he actually slides down from fourth uh, place. He will no longer be in fourth place, and we will talk about the post week nine standings here in a little bit. Coming into week nine, third place was Jason Kelly. And let's see who he was going up against. He was going up against Stanley. Stanley was coming in in 10th place, if I remember correctly. Yep, that is correct. And what was the final score? Well, that was 132 for Jason to 92 for Stanley. So Jason got away with one there as he scored a little bit below average. Not horrible. 132, not horrible. Um, But, you know, you can't be upset for losing with 132 either. So good job taking care of one of the rebuilding opponents, Jason. Let's take a look and see how you did it. Kenyon Drake. Someone was asking me the other day if they should start Kenyon Drake or um, DeAndre Carter. Uh, And I, I told him to go with Drake. Um, and that was the correct answer because he ended up having two touchdowns and 93 yards on the ground. He also caught a couple passes good for 16 yards. So 109 total yards, good for 26 and a half points and the MVP of this match. Well done, Kenyon Drake. I think Gus Edwards gets back this week and so um, maybe not I don't know I think Gus Edwards is getting back real soon so I don't know if Kenyon Drake's going to be putting up numbers like that anymore but hey 
you can only play him on the weeks that you play. We only get the points for the weeks that we play him, right? And so he was in, and it was good enough for MVP. All right, the bus you is going to go to... Ooh, Braxton Berrios, one catch for six yards. Ouch, 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 ouch. That is not what you were looking for. Um, I'm looking down. Well, I won't get ahead of myself. Let's go ahead and see who is the sneaky star. I guess Kenyon Drake was kind of sneaky. Um, who else was in there that might have been a little sneaky? You know, I don't see a ton. No, I don't see a ton. So uh, Kenyon Drake's the actual sneaky star. Uh, but let's go ahead and give it to Juju Smith-Schuster because he got 88 yards on 10 catches. Good for 19 points, 18.8 to be exact. Uh, but a nice outing for Juju. We'll give him the sneaky start because, you know, we got to give it to someone. Let's see, who is the put-me-in coach? Not any. Oh, jeez, Louise. Was there? That has to be the lowest-scoring bench. So he had basically everyone on by i'm counting eight nine buys just off the top of my head and then four or five more zeros so there was literally only one player who scored on stanley's bench at all that would be the wide receiver for the saints marcus calloway um getting 24 yards on three catches so put me in coach uh, no, no, Marcus, you're only on here because no one else was playing and you were literally the only guy on the bench. Matter of fact, you really got to pick your game up because you were literally the only guy on the bench and you couldn't crack that lineup that included Braxton Berrios. So I'm sure Stanley had a talk with him. Uh, well done. Jason is winning in third place. So first, second and third place all won their matchups uh, during week nine. And let's go ahead and remind ourselves who's in fourth place. Well, that was Booby. We just talked about that. So after Booby's loss, oh man, is my pace going crazy? Oh man, I better slow down. Uh, fifth place going into last week was Wolfit. And who was Wolfit up against? Wolfit was up against Wyland. Oh yeah, I had this one circled on my calendar. Uh, this was, oh, not on the calendar, but and I'm looking at the at the week nine matchups. This was one that I was pay, paying close attention to as while it was fifth versus ninth, as we very well know, there are nine very strong teams. And one of them is going to get um, unlucky this year, uh, although that might give them, uh, set them up very nicely for going forward. Uh, but Wyland started this week in ninth place going up against Wolfit. And uh, Wolfett comes in with a three-game winning streak. Um, BT also came in with a three-game winning streak, which we'll get to in a second. But Wyland came in with a two-game winning streak, so something had to give. And, well, the three-game winning streak turned into a four-game winning streak as Wolfett became or came out victorious against Wyland 133 to 102. That was a pretty poor performance from Wyland. He was in the money shot bowl presented by pornhub.com and has just been absolutely snake bit this year um, and was really unable to put up a good score. Uh, Wolf got away with one a little bit with the 133. Although actually, I don't know, maybe at the average score for this week was probably just right there. Um, how did Wolf get to 133? Let's see. Well, he had Kenneth Walker the third, and Ken got 109 yards on the ground and two touchdowns in addition to racking up 20 yards through three catches good for 31 points 
what he he has been amazing. Matter of fact, the one redraft that I referenced where I'm not getting destroyed in, one of the reasons is because I, I got Ken Walker the week it was brilliant. I got him the week before Rashad Penny got hurt. I was looking at my uh, lineup and was like, oh, I need some depth at running back. Uh, Rashad Penny's got to be due to get hurt. Picked him up. Everyone then on Tuesday went to the waiver wires to go get him, and I had already got him. So that was that was sweet. Um, Ken Walker is the MVP of this matchup as well with a phenomenal performance. And let's see, who crapped the bed for uh, Wyland there? Well, Romeo Dobbs only got three points on one catch for 18 yards, but he did get injured. So I don't want to bust him too hard for the injury. Oh man, Deion Jackson had a very poor outing. So let's Deion Swift, uh, DeAndre Swift. Well, your options weren't incredibly great, Wylan. Um, but let's go ahead and give it to Deion Jackson. I said before the game started that he could be either the one or two running back on the day. Um, he and Ramondre were going to get all of the carries for their teams against each other. Both teams want to run. I thought they might just rack up yards and yards and yards. And uh, Wyland was hoping for that, but that is not what Jackson provided as he only got you five and a half points because he got 23 yards on 11 carries. That's two yards a carry is not going to cut it. And 13 yards on two catches. Bust you, Deion Jackson. Get out of here with that nonsense. All right. Who is the sneaky start? Um, AJ Brown's not sneaky. Jalen Hurts isn't sneaky. Um, well, oh, look at those IDPs. Those IDPs went off for Wolfett. And everyone knows about Bobby Wagner. Uh, oh, that's right. Whose nickname is Rick Wyland's daddy. There is a history of Wagner uh, beating Wyland. I can't remember exactly which matchup that was. It was referenced on the forum. Uh, but so he's not very sneaky. So let's go ahead and give the sneaky start to uh, Evans. Who's that? Rashawn Evans. I was going to say Rashad, and I knew that was wrong. Rashawn Evans, the linebacker for the Falcons. He got 12 tackles. He broke up a pass, and he forced a fumble. Good for 18 points and the sneaky start of this matchup. Good job, Wolfett. All right, let's take a look at Wyland's bench. And as I expected, there's really not a whole lot there at all. Uh, but let's go ahead and give some love to James Mitchell. James Mitchell, the rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions, said, hey, now that Hawkinson's gone, I can actually show what I can do. Now, he only got eight yards and only got two catches, but he did find the end zone good enough for nine points and that put me in coach for this week nine matchup. So well done, Wolfit. Wolfit runs his his um, win streak up to four games, and we will see momentarily who it is or where he where that gets him in the standings. All right, sixth place was Needham, and we already talked about that matchup. We let off with that, so that gets us. We must only have two left, uh, or maybe just one left. Uh, no, we have two left. And so that includes seventh place was Ben. All right, Ben, you entered in seventh place. Uh, you were up against Pierce. So both teams were looking for a win. And yes, both teams got a win. 
and Ben actually won, and Pierce lost like he was trying to. So well done to the both of you. Ben had a really nice week with a solid 159 points. Good for second highest point total on the week. My 218 was the highest, and Austin's 149 was the third highest. Ben's second highest total on the week, the 158 or yeah, 159. Let's round that up. How did he get there? Who is his MVP? Well, Patrick Mahomes. Shocker, shocker, I know. Well, one of the reasons why Mahomes got so many points, which was 39, by the way, is he made 68 pass attempts. I'm sorry, what now? That must be a typo. No, he completed 43 passes on 68 attempts, good for 446 yards, only one touchdown uh, through the air. He did run for a touchdown, so he had two total touchdowns, but that, I mean, you throw that many times for that many yards, you could easily, that could have been a four or five touchdown game, and uh, that would have been even better, but 39 points is a lot, and it is good enough for the matchup MVP. So well done, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Good decision playing him, Ben. Like there was a choice there, am I right? All right, who is the bust you for uh, Pierce? Let's give it to Pacheco. Same game, as you can imagine, if you're throwing 68 times, you're not running the ball much. Pacheco did get talked up like he was going to have a larger role. I think he was actually named the starter this last week, um, but he was only given five carries. He averaged an entire yard per carry, so his five yards total wasn't going to do it. He caught only one pass, only targeted once, but only caught one pass for four yards. Good for 1.9. Bust you. Who is the sneaky start? Well, that has to be Cole Komet. I referenced him earlier. Could have been Alan Lazard, too. He had a couple sneaky starts. Lazard um, was coming off an injury. We weren't sure exactly how uh, much time he was going to get, how many snaps he was going to get, or if he was even going to... Uh, be able to finish the game. I know I did not play him in one of my horrible redrafts because I was afraid that he wasn't going to finish the game and I was hoping to get uh, more guaranteed points out of someone. Uh, but he is not the sneaky start here, although he could be with his 87 yards and a touchdown, including a long catch, uh, four catches total. But is Cole Komet. Mentioned Justin Fields a little bit ago, and Cole Komet definitely was a benefactor of Fields' success as he was able to, uh, he, he actually carried it a couple times for nine yards, which was interesting. Caught five of his six passes for 41 yards, but more importantly, two end zone uh, get, grabs. That's right, two touchdowns for Komet. If Field is going to be targeting end zone or targeting Komet in the end zone, easy for me to say, then that is only going to make uh, Ben's team that much scarier. So good job, Ben. Now, looking at the, oh, you know, this was not his tanking lineup. So good job, Pierce. Pierce was not trying to lose. Um, good try. Appreciate that. Um, I mean, I don't care. I like that you're tanking. I, 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 like I said, I'm fine with your tanking. You have a system. It's working. I, the funny thing is, I think before you were tanking against teams um, that didn't have a pick of yours and then trying to beat teams that did. Um, and th- I don't know if you have Benz. You very well might. I'm not going to look. Um, but if not, I wonder if this is actually because you're looking at 12th place is actually not as desirable as 11th place. Um, Who knows? Maybe not. 
Call into the next episode to find out. Or call in Pierce so then we can find out. Tune into all episodes. All right, let's see. What else do we need to say about that? Nothing much. Good job, Ben. Um, yeah, it was basically a buy. But hey, you put up 159 points, and that points four is going to make a difference, especially as we have a lot of teams hovering around similar records. All right, so if that was, are we all, have we gone through all of them? No, we haven't gotten to BT and Adams matchup. Let's go ahead and finish off there. Uh, where are you guys? There you are. BT had a very nice performance as he put up, well, a pretty darn good performance. Um, basically average, slightly above average. Probably the fourth highest this week, though. Uh, not probably. It was the fourth highest point total this week at 147, beating Adam, who finished with 93 points. Um, I mentioned earlier that BT also came in, uh, like Wolfit, into this matchup with a three-game win streak. So now Wolfit and BT each have a four-game win streak heading into week 10. How did BT get to 147? Who is his MVP? Well, that's got to be ETN. Man, ETN looks good. Um, I know that BT was said that in the forum and said he's biased, but I was typing it at the exact same time. I just happen to have seen ETN's carries, a bunch of them, last game um, and this game against Las Vegas, and he just looks good. Uh, he looks like he's fully recovered, and it's the guy that we all thought he was going to be during that rookie draft. So he got 30 points, 29.6, but we'll round up. Because he ran for 109 yards, found the end zone twice, and also tacked on a couple catches for 17 yards just for good measure, getting them all the way up to 29.6. Good for you, ETN. Good for you, BT. Again, that point total might be something that you need. Excuse me. The bust you, Adam, was in a tough spot. Adam is in a tough spot. He's been the episode MVP so many times because he's stacking so many picks. And the way you stack picks is by trading away players. And when you trade away players, you don't have a lot of high quality starting players left in your lineup. He got had three guys who got him zero points. So let's go ahead and give the bust you to the one that actually um, could have produced a little bit. And that's Naeem Hines. He did get targeted once. So he did get out on the field uh, for Buffalo. I know he's new there. Didn't get a, a big run, but that was a big old bust you for your zero. Who is BT's sneaky start? Let's see. Uh, we got Noah Fant. How about that? Yeah, let's give it to Noah Fant. That IDP got 21 points. Um, so nicely done on that for Collins there. Uh, but let's give it to Noah Fant. Got 96 yards on five catches, including a long one. We have not said Noah Fant's name many times. Um, and let's actually take a look. Did he have, did he have someone on a, a buy? Who are your, who are your other tight ends there, BT? Go ahead and just speak up. You know, go ahead and tell me. Oh, Mark, he has Mark Andrews. That's right. That's right. That's right. I knew he had someone. Uh, Mark Andrews is currently out, but Noah Fant came through with that sneaky start. We got 16 points, just under 100 points on those five catches. Well done. For the put me in coach, let's see. David Carr got 18, but that, he still got outscored. 
Ooh, uh, oh, let's give it to Marvin Jones. Nope, that's Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones did not have a good game. Marvin Jones would have had a decent game with 10 points. Let's give it to Derek Carr. Derek Carr was so horrible the week before. Let's just throw him a little love because he did complete 21 passes for 259 yards and two touchdowns, including um, giving a, quite a a first half to Devontae Adams. He was, it was like 150 yards and two touchdowns at halftime, and he got nothing else the rest of the game. He got one catch for zero yards. I don't know how you go from dominating to not being used. He got targeted a few times, um, but nothing like um, in the in that first half of that game. Anyway, good job for Derek Carr uh, trying to get, get Adams' attention. He says, put me in, coach. All right, does that go ahead and wrap up our matchups? Did I get through all of them? I must have, right? Let's see. We did that one. We did that one. Yeah, that's all of them. That's six. All right, so now that we have gone through all of the matchups, um, you know, I'm going to bring Needham back in because Needham, I get the impression when we go through those scores that you're not the only one disappointed in your performance. Is, Is that accurate? Oh, you are so right. There are definitely a lot of guys. uh, I wasn't the only one to underperform. There were other guys probably not happy with uh, this week's performance or outcome. And uh, so I'm not alone, definitely. I know uh, BT's happy with his win. I'm fairly confident uh, Wyland is not happy. Sets up re. Oh yeah, Rick is. De- Sorry for cutting you off, but oh yeah, Rick is definitely disappointed. I mean, you have second place the last two years in a row, and not only has he had a disappointing season with a lot of uh, tough luck, like I've said, but he definitely thought he was going to get more than a hundred points when he woke up on Sunday morning. I imagine, maybe not, maybe not, but I imagine. Um, speaking of cutting you off, I I always appreciate that you never cut me off, even though I cut you off all the time. And then when I do throw it back to you, you never even acknowledge that I cut you off. Like you just don't even know it even happened. I love it. It keeps the show moving. So I do apologize for all these times that I cut you off. Um, I just, I can't help myself. I can't contain myself at times. Now, speaking of can't contain ourselves, um, there's probably some people that are very pleased with their performance this week. What do you think? Yeah, Austin, uh, Wolfit, Ben, and Jason, uh, they're really in good position. Pretty much, pretty close to locks for making it into the playoffs. Um, you know, your scoring streak still has you a, a cut above the rest, but those four teams can do some damage. Uh, I truly believe um, any of the other eight teams that that are in like vying for the playoff spot, last playoff spots um, have a chance of taking you out in week 15 or 16 or even 17. Like you're going to lock it for the points. Oh yeah. Rick is sorry for cutting you off, but Oh yeah. Rick is definitely disappointed. I mean, you have second place the last two years in a row and not only has he had a disappointing season with a lot of uh, tough luck, like I've said, but he definitely thought he was going to get more than 100 points when he woke up on Sunday morning. I imagine. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I imagine. Um, speaking of cutting you off, 
I, I always appreciate that you never cut me off, even though I cut you off all the time. And then when I do throw it back to you, you never even acknowledge that I cut you off. Like you just don't even know it even happened. I love it. It keeps the show moving. So I do apologize for all these times that I cut you off. Um, I just, I can't help myself. I can't contain myself at times. Now, speaking of can't contain ourselves, um, there's probably some people that are very pleased with their performance this week. What do you think? Now, what about you and your matchup? I mean, do you even bother looking at it anymore? I mean, you're into the playoffs already. You got the points for, so that's really the, the thing you're probably most focused on about this point in time. I mean, it's the wins and losses almost don't matter. And I would tell you seating doesn't matter, but you tell me you're in first place. Yeah, I'm, I'm just focusing on the points. Um, I'm not worrying about any other team. I'm not worrying about what place uh, we're in. I'm not worrying about seating. To be honest, I don't think there's, I don't think seating is going to matter at all this, this year. I, I think the one versus eight seed is going to be a super close matchup uh, in the first week. Uh, I think we're going to have amazing playoffs. Um, but you know, I'm just, I'm, pleased that I'm in a position where I don't need any help. But yes, I'm not paying attention to who uh, I'm going up against. I'm just really focusing on my guys so I don't mess up any sit or start decisions uh, as we get into the playoffs. So looking ahead, who do you have in week 10? Uh, I don't even remember. Remind me. Yeah, I lost this week and that sets up a good matchup against Booby. But Booby got the turd lump of the week. <laughs> turd lump, Booby, synonymous. Yeah, turd lump of the week, man. You named it. And then I thought you were going to get it. Matter of fact, you said that one of us was going to get turd lump of the week. And then about 15 minutes into Sunday, you were saying, oh, looks like it's going to be me as, as I had Nixon and Adams and Tyreek all come out shooting hot flames uh, first thing Sunday morning. So yes, you thought you were going to get the turd lump of the week, but then it ended up actually going to Booby. And so you have Booby coming up this week. Are there any, something about buy problems? Oh, you asking me about my matchup this week against Booby? Um, no, nah, he says I have buy problems, but I don't have any buy problems. Booby's got some bye-bye problems, as in like, Bye-bye, booby. Oh, you're going to say bye-bye to booby, huh? You're going to put him to sleep? You get a little night-night, a little Steph Curry action? What uh, what other matchups are you paying attention to in this upcoming week? Well, look, booby has to play me this week. So that's a pretty big game for both of us. Either one of us wins. We're in a good position. Uh, correspondingly. Wyland and BT have a pretty big game. Whoever wins is in the driver's seats, which sets up a pretty good matchup later on down the road between Wyland and Booby that would have some playoff implications if things like It's all fun and games, and I hope to take home the ship. So that's all there is to that. Oh, yeah, I know the Booby-Wyland matchup down the road should be a good one. Uh, we already saw that earlier this season. Uh, we had a... a a rematch of the 2020 uh, Money Shot Bowl presented by Pornhub.com. I, I know last year or last episode, I said that I won the championship in 2020 
or whatever. I can never remember what year it is in football, apparently. And I, so I just remembered now as I was struggling to remember what year Booby and Wylan uh, had their championship matchup that I remembered that last week. I totally blew it and said I won. When I was describing Logan Thomas, I was like, oh, he did a lot for me in my championship year in 2020. And then I was like, that wasn't your championship year or whatever it was. He, 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 did a lot, he did a lot for me. In, oh, no, I said I got third place when he did well for me in, in 21. And I was like, no, well, that was last year and you won last year. Anyway, so uh, before, we move, before we move out of the meat and bolts, Needham, I know that I didn't put in any waiver wire bids in my redrafts maybe one of the reasons why I'm sucking at it because I was busy watching the elections like I was watching a fantasy football matchup. And now I hate politics and I hate politicians on basically every other day, but I love the election because I love all the numbers coming in. Give me the numbers. I just stat nerd out so much and I love it. Um, And so I'm curious, were you glued to the TV as well? Elections? Erections? What? In, as they say in Japanese, in this erection year, I'm not paying attention. I cast my votes. Don't care. Not looking back. I'm going to spend my time football and U13 sports. All right. So now let's go ahead and wrap up the meat and bolt section, the nuts and potatoes, by reminding ourselves what are the current standings. Now that we have been able to work our way through week nine and get to week 10, we have a very interesting look at that leaderboard because the positions of first through sixth all won in week nine. We talked about Wolfit and BT. Uh, getting their fourth win in a row. Wolfit moved up one spot to fourth place. The top three spots have remained the same with me, Austin, and Jason. Ben jumps up two spots to fifth place. BT jumps up two spots to sixth place. As Booby drops down three spots to seventh. Needham is now, you're in eighth with the second highest point total still, but in eighth place. On the outside looking in, we have Wyland in ninth, and then Stanley, Adam, and Pierce to wrap out the standings, uh, wrap up the standings. And as we look at week 10 matchups, you talked about some of them. Just to go through all of them, we have one versus 12 with me against Pierce, second place versus fourth place again. So Austin gets to go up against fourth place again. Last week, Booby, this week, Wolf It. Third matchup that I'm looking at is going to be 10th and 11th. Uh, squaring off with Stanley and Adam going head to head. And we have sixth place and ninth place in BT and Wyland going at it. That should be a really good one. Another really good one should be Ben versus Jason. That is going to be third place versus fifth place. And we have seventh and eighth going against each other with Needham and Booby. So because Adam and Stanley are facing off against each other, that means we have four teams out of the top nine that are going up against each other. So that will do it for the meat and bolts of this uh, episode. And so I think let's move on to an old trade. Needham, what do you think? Oh, I can't wait for your uh, old trade review. Um, That's why this week, if you didn't notice, I was looking up at my old, old trade, the one, as you referred, the the OG, the one that kicked off the trading in League of Champions. 
That's right, the Mixon trade. I got all excited and looking back at that Mixon trade and saying, hey, you know, Mixon blew up on me for 59 points today, but, because I did this on Sunday, but, and Bateman. Yeah, Bateman's hurt, but the point is, I still have three serviceable players from that one blockbuster trade, and that was worth it to me. And no, we don't have to go back into my trade because we've already dissected that trade over and over. So what do you got for us this week, Will? Oh, we had some technical difficulties there. I just wanted to fill in the parts that got uh, missed out. You had mentioned that you got uh, a Bateman in that trade back. Uh, I also wanted to point out the other people that you most likely said before you got cut off, which was Goddard and CD Lamb. It was actually a pick that you ended up using to get Bateman, which is also something I imagine you said. Uh, but like you said, we've already reviewed that trade. So let's go ahead and keep it moving to review our old trade. Now, as you all will remember, as we've been going through these last uh, couple episodes, the old trades that we've been reviewing have been the first trades of the 21 season. They have not been very exciting. They've all just been involving third round picks and mediocre tight ends. But this trade that we're gonna go over today ended up being a very, very notable trade for actually all the wrong reasons as this was the original Josh Jacobs trade. Nope, not the original Josh Jacobs trade. This was the um, second Josh Jacobs trade, as this was the infamous Josh Jacobs for DJ Chark. Now, for those of you that don't remember, this was an base, this was a user error trade. Um, the calculator on the app that, or on the, the, the app on the phone, I don't know about on the, the PC, but, Sometimes it makes you think that you picked the right guy, but it didn't actually apply the points. So Austin, and I don't know if this, this story ever has been officially made public, but he was driving, don't trade while driving, don't trade and drive, folks. He was driving, puts it in the calculator. It says that Chark is, he thinks it's saying that Chark is a steal. This was right when Chark's value was just starting to pop up. Um, and well, we know that Chark has really not done much of anything and Josh Jacobs has actually, um, really, really done incredibly well this year. He's gonna, he's in his walk year. He's going to go get himself paid and be on an offense that has to pay to get him. So he's going to use him. Uh, Josh Jacobs is definitely the better side of that trade, but Hey, the, the moral of the story, don't trade and drive. And when you use a calculator, make sure it goes through. Well, we know that that's, that song brings up, or that interlude, that sound, uh, brings us to our final official segment of the night, which is always the random stat. And, you know, I considered doing a weekly average, um, but that's just, I don't know, I'm just, that's so boring. I love my averages. I love my stats. I'm definitely a stat nerd. Um, which reminds me of a buddy of mine um, asked me what I thought of a certain player, and I forget who it was, but it was someone, it was like a rookie who was injured. And so we have, we've seen like three games out of him or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It's like, that's the thing. Um, I don't know how to evaluate NFL talent 
at all. Um, I'm just a numbers guy. So I just look, I'm just, I'm just a stats nerd. So it's, you know, when Austin's talking about, uh, you know, this guy, you know, this player is good this way and that way or talking X's and O's, I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about at all, but I definitely know my stats and uh, that's the skill set. So looking at our random stat of the night, uh, let's go ahead and take a look on the history of our league because my performance this week got me into the top 10 of all time and got me to the eighth spot. So now the new 10th place that every one of us should be shooting for is now 215 by Austin, which is from our first year. So you want a top 215 going forward. And the reason I got into the eighth spot is because of Mixon, who we talked about with his 59.6, was good for the sixth all-time best score in our league. The new 10th place uh, for an individual performance is 56.1, and that comes from Stanley in 2020 uh, from Dalvin Cook. And speaking of Stanley, for the first time probably ever, or maybe you have to go back to the first couple weeks, but for the first time, Stanley is not on the all-time uh, first place in standings as, and I don't know if that includes playoffs or not. I don't know if it's, I think it might just be regular season. Um, but for the first time he has been knocked off. He is still tied with Booby, um, with the record, but Booby has him on the points. I'm only one game behind, so I'm actually coming for that top spot as well. So we are time uh, to finish. It is time to finish off this episode. And so Needham, I got to know, do you have any questions before we sign off? So in closing out the episode, are you able to play us a little Chumbawamba tub thumping or do the royalties on that old 90s song cost too much? for the League of Champions to play. Yeah, the, ro- the royalties are a little uh, pricey. The budget uh, for Doghouse is very, very low. Uh, it's very, very low. You know, the funny part is, I, I'm sure this app could even do a lot more. All I do is use the interludes, your voice messages, and my recordings, and I literally, it could probably do... If there's always these other options, like, do you want to add background music? I'm like, no, next, whatever. Just do what I tell you to do. Uh, and so <laughs> I'm sure there are some uh, ways that we could increase the production value uh, of the doghouse. But to be honest, I think the absolute garbage production is kind of part of um, part of the bit, part of the joy, part of the essence of the doghouse and uh, we would never ever want to do anything that could jeopardize the essence of the doghouse now would we all right well i am gonna go ahead and sign off but first i want to thank you needham so much for your contributions from the cat box i cannot tell you how much it means to me and uh again just thank you thank you and thank you yes until next time cat box out Another very strong performance from Needham in the cat box. Needham is awesome. We are awesome. You are awesome for listening. And with that, cue music. We're out of here.